Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty, hour number three of our radio program. That's right, it is the Zach Gelb Show, coast-to-coast on CBS Sports Radio. One of my favorite ways to read about the NFL is through pro football talk. The man behind the website, of course, is the always entertaining Mike Florio. Make sure you check out his book as well, Father of Mine. And he's kind enough to join us to discuss, really, a chaotic time in the NFL with all these coaching cycle rumors. And we have playoff games this weekend, but it seems like everything is about who's going to be coaching where, or who's uh, returning as a head coach in the NFL this year. And Mike's kind enough to join us right now. Mike, what's happening? How's it going, buddy? Good to talk to you again. Well, always great to have you on. I'm doing fantastic. Let's start with the Cowboys, right? They've been the biggest uh, topic of conversation. Jerry Jones brings back Mike McCarthy, but he's kind of still a a lame duck coach because he has one year left on the contract. I'm just trying to figure out, Mike, what does Jerry Jones actually care about? Because it doesn't make sense to me why you would bring McCarthy back. You know, I've suggested from time to time that this whole I want to win the Super Bowl every year and you'd be amazed at the size of the check I would write if it would guarantee me a Super Bowl win. I kind of feel like that's a grift on the fans who are expected to write big checks for tickets every year to show up at games and pay for overpriced popcorn and hot dogs and beer. And don't even get me started on the stale popcorn at AT (laughs) AT&T Stadium. At least that was in the Super Bowl 13 years ago when the Packers and the Cowboys played, slipped out of the press box because I wanted some popcorn. The popcorn had been made, I think, a week earlier. You didn't get hit by an icicle at that Super Bowl, just wondering? Well, no, no. But, you know, that was like a 48-hour window where things could have been very ugly as people were approaching the Super Bowl that day. I did learn how to walk on ice for about a quarter of a mile at a time, though, so that was a, a, a benefit, a skill I didn't previously have. But anyway, I just think that there are factors well beyond winning, winning, and winning that go into Jerry Jones' thinking, whether it's he doesn't want to pay Mike McCarthy to not coach. He typically doesn't fire coaches with time left on their contracts. He, with Jason Garrett, moved on when the contract expired. I think the last guy he fired with time left on his deal was Dave Campo, maybe Wade Phillips during the final season of his contract in 2010. So he doesn't like to do that. And I also think that they're – would have been a question about how you make it work with a guy like Bill Belichick. If Belichick was even interested, I've been talking to some people in the general loop of the coaching rumor mill, and you know the coaches talk all the time among each other, and they get information, and they share some of it's accurate, some of it's not. But there's a theory making the rounds that Bill Belichick's kind of locked in on Atlanta, and Dallas and Philly are going forward with their current coaches. And it looks like Philly's going to stick with Nick Sirianni as of right now, because Belichick just ultimately wasn't interested in either of those teams or, you know, when they worked it through the back channels, they couldn't get to a point where there was a sufficient comfort level that got Belichick to veer away from whatever he has going on in Atlanta 
where I think, you know, based on the news that Belichick and owner Arthur Blank met one-on-one, and now they're going to have another interview, that tells me Belichick had some specific terms, that Blank's okay with them, and that maybe Belichick is more interested in power, structure, money, than going to a place where it looks like he'd be more likely to win quickly. So with that being said, let's say if there may have been interest from the Eagles and the Cowboys and Belichick, and we looks like, as you said, Sirianni's going back in Philly. We know McCarthy's going back in Dallas, Mike Florio. Why wouldn't they then explore uh, Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, or Mike Vrabel? Because all three of those guys, I think, are better than who they currently employ. Well, and it's a great point. Like, do you upgrade – over who you have. Are these guys upgrades? Most people would say Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel are upgrades over the current coaches, both in Dallas and in Philadelphia. But other factors, I think, creep into this. There is the benefit of familiarity. There is the question of how much are we upsetting the apple cart here? How's the locker room going to react? You know, are the players in Dallas ready to welcome a new coach? Would they have responded well to a Bill Belichick going in and imposing his very unique style of coaching on a team that isn't used to being coached that way? Would it be counterproductive until you could get enough players in there who are comfortable with the Belichick way? Look at what's happened in the past when Belichick lieutenants have gone elsewhere where there's been a different culture and they try to bring, even when they say, I'm going to be my own coach, they don't realize how much by osmosis they become like Belichick and they go and they piss everybody off because they go in there with that Belichick attitude. Could Belichick even pull that off in a new city where it hasn't grown up over 20 years, fueled by early success, Super Bowl win in year two, two more, two years after that? People tend to go along with what the boss is saying when you've won Super Bowl. When you're just coming in cold, you got to get guys to buy in. Now, he's going to have to do that in Atlanta, too. But if he goes into Atlanta, a place where they aren't even competitive, and guys resist, you just move on and you go find other guys to come in and play. It's, it's easier to sacrifice some of the talent in a place where there's less talent to get the mindset you're looking for by way of guys who are going to be amenable to the Belichick system. Talking to Mike Florio right now, the assumption is Dak on the final year of his contract with this cap hit for next year being nearly $60 million, that they'll find a way to get a long-term extension done is there any chance that the Cowboys who are picking in the 20s right now elect to move up in the draft and maybe have this be the last year of Dak Prescott as their quarterback? Well, I think that by the time we get to the draft, they will know exactly where things stand with Dak Prescott. They've got to get that $59.4 million cap number down dramatically before the first day of the league year when your top 51 players you take their cap numbers, you add them up, and they have to be within the bounds of whatever the salary cap is going to be. And we still don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to go up. It's going to keep going up, but still nearly $60 million for one guy. The Cowboys need to figure that out. I think they'll have an extension by then. One of the incidental benefits to the Cowboys this year was Dak having such a good season. It justifies the kind of contract they have to give him. He has them over a barrel with this gigantic cap number in the final year of his contract with the team. They have to give him a market-level contract. They, were, they had to do it no matter how he played this year. They were stuck. And if you trade him, the cap hits even worse. So that has been the issue for a long time in Dallas. They screwed this up by not giving him a contract 
earlier in his career. They let it play out. They let it play out and finally blew up in their face. They've got to deal with this contract. So I think they're going to make another multi-year commitment to Dak because they have to. Whether or not they want to is a different issue. They have no choice but to stick with Dak. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't want to stay with him, but the contract and the way it was negotiated and the way the Cowboys screwed this thing up a few years ago, that puts them in a position where they have to keep him around. Talking to Mike Florio right now, just circling back about your Belichick point, right? Everyone assumes that it's going to wind up being Atlanta. My big question is, who's going to be the quarterback? Like, do you see that a destination for Justin Fields? Is Kirk Cousins in play? Who do you think Belichick brings in to be his quarterback in Atlanta? Well, they're going to have options, and Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke probably aren't at the top of the list. I guess if all else fails, when you consider the offensive weaponry they have, maybe you just run the single wing or something in Atlanta until you get a good quarterback, and I'm only partially kidding. Is Kirk Cousins going to want to be coached by Bill Belichick? I mean, that's the ultimate question here. Who wants to be coached hard the way that Tom Brady was coached by Bill Belichick for all those years? Some guys may welcome it. Some guys might not. And if you have choices, if you have options, how much money is Bill Belichick going to offer to a Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields who's eligible for a new contract and Presumably, if you would trade for him, you're going to find a way to pay him. So I think he can go in a lot of different directions. But one of the great failures of the latter years of Bill Belichick in New England, the failure to adequately replace Tom Brady, the misadventures with Mac Jones, and it's the most important position on the field. So there's a lot of unknowns there. And I don't know how much Arthur Blank is locked on to that. I think from his perspective, it's just get Belichick and we'll figure everything else out later. Talking to Mike Florio right now. Why haven't the Raiders yet officially named Antonio Pierce their head coach, in your opinion? Great question. Could be that owner Mark Davis pondering whether or not Mike Vrabel is in play. Is Jim Harbaugh in play? It's a dangerous game for them to play at this point if they do anything by way of interviewing some of these big-name candidates because you've already got Max Crosby, the defensive end for the Raiders, making it clear that if Pierce doesn't get the job, then Crosby may have to ask for a trade. You've got players on that team that really want Pierce. And that doesn't mean that Pierce is poised to be a great coach, but he's done a great job under difficult circumstances going five and four in nine games after the firing of Josh McDaniels. But I just can't help but wonder, you know, of all years, two years ago would have been the time to stand pat with an interim coach, which Mark Davis should have done with Rich Passaccia in hindsight. Now this year, when you've got an unprecedented array of options, we haven't even mentioned Pete Carroll. There's so many great options out there that Pete Carroll doesn't even get discussed. You've got Harbaugh. You've got Vrabel. You've got Belichick. Not that he'd hire Belichick, but there's so many names out there that would be safer than rolling the dice on Antonio Pierce. Because I said, hey, give Pierce a year or two to see what his ceiling is as a head coach. The problem is if you do that, you're not going to have this cluster of great candidates available to hire when you decide, if you decide, if it turns out that Pierce has a ceiling on his coaching abilities that you didn't know about because you hadn't given him the time to get there. You know, it is fascinating with those big four names, Mike Florio. Like, I believe Belichick is coaching next year in the NFL. I believe Jim Harbaugh is coaching next year in the NFL. Carroll, I'd be surprised at this point. And I don't know what to make of Mike Vrabel either. Like, I think Mike Vrabel's a really good coach, but I could see him waiting another year. I think Seattle is one to watch with Vrabel. Agreed. I also still think the Raiders. And Carroll, 
who knows what's going to happen with Carroll? You know, it may just be that there's so many options out there. It just takes time for everyone to process it and understand it and make up their plan. We're only a week removed from that chaos of last week when you have Carroll and Vrabel and Belichick available, and then you throw in the Saban retirement, which is irrelevant to the NFL coaching search, but it just made everything feel more historic and seismic as football goes. Maybe will some, someone will, you know, come around on Carroll. Uh, maybe will some, someone will realize Vrabel's the guy we need to be locked on. We're so focused on, on this name and that name and this name and that name and lining up these interviews, and we're talking to this guy, we're talking to that guy. Sometimes the obvious thing gets overlooked for a while, and then you realize, you know, what are we thinking here? Why aren't we making this move? Let's get serious about Vrabel. Let's get serious about Harbaugh. Or maybe even let's get serious about Carroll. I'm a firm believer that if the Buccaneers had lost on Monday night to the Eagles, and frankly, I think one team played in that game like it wanted to keep its coach and the other team didn't. But if the Bucs had lost that game, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Glazer family, who has a history of going after big names, would have tried to get somebody like Carroll down there for a few years. Now, just wondering... Is, is McDermott definitely safe in Buffalo? Because like we're still trying to figure out if there will be any other openings. Like, Bills lose this weekend to the Chiefs. Do you think there's any chance Sean McDermott gets fired? I'd be stunned at this point because they turned it around. They bottomed out after that Broncos loss on Monday Night Football, fired Ken Dorsey, even though he had nothing to do with extra guys on the field for the yeah. field goal <laughs> attempt that went awry. But, but still, still, they turned it around. The move to Joe Brady worked. I think that they've done enough to put out any and all flames of potential change in Buffalo. The one I'm watching is when the Chiefs season ends, is Andy Reid going to retire? Oh, wow. It, 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 he has said he's not thinking about it. And I guess the smart enough would say, well, there's nothing to think about if you've already decided you're going to do it. But I, I think there's reason to believe the Chiefs have the possibility on their radar screen. We'll find out. When the season ends, you know, a lot of times guy keeps his mouth shut until it's all said and done. He doesn't want to be the story. He doesn't want to be the focal point. He doesn't want it to be the issue. Although I could say at some level, the closer they get to the Super Bowl, if guys start thinking maybe Andy Reid would walk away, that gives them the extra little kick to let him walk out with a trophy. But we'll see. We'll see. But that's you know, I, going into wild card weekend. I was looking at Philly, Dallas, Tampa, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. And now we've trimmed out Pittsburgh. We've trimmed out Dallas. We're likely trimming out Philly. The Bucks won. The last one I'm watching is Kansas City. And could you imagine if that job opens up, that would instantly become the most coveted job in the sport with Mahomes? That's what I've been saying. Ever since I caught wind of the possibility that the Chiefs are bracing for Reed leaving, not saying he will, but I think there's reason to believe the Chiefs have it on the radar screen. Mahomes... There's only one, and the Chiefs have him. So if you're Mike Vrabel, who played for the Chiefs for the final two years of his career, if you're Bill Belichick, if you're Jim Harbaugh, if you're one of these great coaches with options, you kind of want to play it out. And maybe at some level you're kind of hoping that they lose sooner than later because you don't want to ride this all the way out until February 11 if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl. Mike Florio, last thing I'll ask you from Pro Football Talk, always does a great job with us right here on the Zach Gelb Show. Let's just say – the Chiefs don't become open. Is Harbaugh definitely going to wind up with the Chargers? Is that where you feel like is his most likely destination? I don't know because the Falcons have interviewed him. There may be other teams that are lurking. He may be 
taking full advantage of this leverage he now has. There's been reporting about some requests he's made from Michigan that I think are probably beyond what Michigan can do. Now maybe he's looking for a way to leave with a clean conscience, and that's the way to do it. You make an offer that, that you know they can't accept. But I, I heard something today that you know maybe the Chargers, you know, not as, as sure of a thing as we kind of were starting to think it was. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to negotiate a contract, and there's contours to it. There's money involved. You got to have a team that's willing to pay the price, give up the power, whatever it may be, to get that head coach. And Harbaugh's never had more leverage than he has right now. He's been in the mix each of the last two years. He thought he was getting the Vikings job. He didn't. He interviewed with the Broncos last year. That didn't go his way. This year, he's, he's the guy. He, I mean, I, from his perspective, how can you not justify having the attitude? I should be able to get whatever I want. I'm the guy. I won the national championship, and all these teams are interested in me. I want what I want. We'll see if someone offers him what he wants and if he does make the jump to the NFL. I feel like if he's ever going to do it, though, it's now. He's 60. He's never going to be in a better position to make the leap, and he's tormented by the fact that he lost the Super Bowl to his brother 12 years ago. Yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the whole Reed thing going back to that. Like, out of 100%, like, how likely do you think that is that Reed walks away? I don't know. I don't know. But, but there's reason to believe the Chiefs have it on their radar screen that he could. Gotcha. So, I don't know what he's going to do. And you know what happened? So, this is a great point someone made to me when – we got to the point where we had all this crazy speculation about who's going to do what, and is Mike Tomlin going to walk away? Who else might walk away? A lot of people, when they find themselves in a difficult season and it's stressful and they're tired, you say things that you don't ultimately do. You make comments to people that make them say, man, he's thinking about retiring. And then when it's over and it's done, you take a little time and you say, all right, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to get back on the horse. Now, Nick Saban, he decided it was time. But a lot of times, before you get to the point where you walk away, you feel like, I'm just going to get through this, and then I'm done. And then when it's done, you're not ready to be done. That's something to keep in mind. So even if there's any thoughts, discussions, family conversations about Reed walking away, it's one thing to have those conversations before the season ends. Once they end, it's a different conversation altogether because it's real. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Tell people real quickly, uh, the floor is yours, my friend, about Father of Mine, how they can get a copy of it. Well, I appreciate that. Father of Mine is a mob novel that I wrote set back in 1973 based on actual events. My dad was a bookie connected to the mob in the small town I grew up in. So that's the starting point. Everything is fictional beyond that. You can get the ebook now for a mere $3.99. $3.99. There is absolutely nothing. I made the argument all week last week, there's nothing you can buy for $5.99 when I was trying to get people to get peacocks for the Chiefs Dolphins game so I'd you know, get my paycheck last week. This week I can definitely say there is absolutely nothing you can buy for $3.99 other than the ebook father of mine. You can get it on Amazon right now. You know what I take from this conversation just on the tail end? That Florio is connected. So therefore, you go after him on Twitter, get prepared to be whacked. I have no comment. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. All the best. See you. There he is, Mike Florio, joining us from Pro Football Talk. Is there a chance that Andy Reid joins Nick Saban in retirement? Are we living in a world where next year, we know Pete Carroll's not coaching the Seahawks. We know Bill Belichick's not coaching the Patriots. We know Nick Saban is not coaching at Alabama, even though he still has an office <laughs> with the Crimson Tide. 
Are we about to see Andy Reid walk away? We'll discuss when we return in five minutes on the Zach Gilb Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 